We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast, episode six fifty-four. As we inch closer to the two-year mark. With your packet a content, everything green and gold is at one stop right here. My name is Mike Welland, alongside me, Tyler Grizzagorik, and we're going to break down some of the coaching trees and trends throughout the past 25 years and how that affects what the Packers did in the draft and free agency and how that's going to be looking going forward. Because really, over the past quarter century, almost half the league's coaches are from four different coaching trees, really three if you put Andy Reid with Mike Holmgren. That's Reid and Holmgren, Belichick, and Mike Shanahan. And over the next half hour, 20 minutes though, Tyler will be going over those four coaching trees and how they affect mo- the modern NFL, how they affect the, the, the teams individually themselves, and how that will play into what the Packers are looking and doing over the course of the 2020 season. But before we get into that, Tyler, how's Arizona treating you? Uh, it's getting hotter and hotter every day out here. I think we cracked triple digits this past week. Um, so uh, as... You know, this quarantine gets longer and longer, and I want to go outside more and more. It's becoming more and more difficult. Um, just trying to kind of stay sane and uh, keep keep my mind busy and, um, yeah, just, just struggling through the quarantine like everybody else. Uh, I definitely am ready to go back to work at some point here. Absolutely. I know how you feel. And however, the weather is the exact opposite of where I'm where I'm recording this from because as we're recording this, recording this on Saturday night, we're expecting a potential inch or two of snow in the middle of May here in central Wisconsin, which is 
always great. I left work and it was <laughs> 48 degrees already, so that's always going to be a fun scenario. But of course, find Packet A content wherever you find podcasts. We will be there as well, and on Twitter at Packet A Podcast. But I guess jumping in, let's just start it with the, with the four coaching trees, and we'll let's start with Mike Shanahan. That's the most pertinent for the Packers because Matt Lafleur is first and foremost a Mike Shanahan uh, disciple, acolyte, whoever you want to describe it. He's one of six notable coaches, four of which are currently active, who are under that Shanahan coaching tree. The other ones being Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and Anthony Lynn. But other guys who are under the Shanahan tree were Art Shell, who replaced Shanahan with, with the L.A. Raiders in 1989, and Gary Kubiak, who coached a decade in the league, won a Super Bowl with Denver, helped bring that Houston franchise to prominence in the late aughts into the early 2010s. And all in all, that's 27 seasons of coaching from the Shanahan tree, a 547 winning percentage, 11 playoff appearances, and a Super Bowl championship from Kubiak. Shanahan himself went to the playoffs eight times in 20 seasons, won two Super Bowls with the Broncos. And when you look at it, the Shanahan system, balanced run, physical game, late season types of teams. And I've been saying it for weeks that this Packers team is going to be going the way of the Shanahan Broncos. Yeah, and, you know, this is a system that you could have almost any quarterback run. It's as long as you're smart about what you're doing, you can have pretty much anybody under center. And honestly, it's the best type of system to really preserve an aging quarterback. Uh, it's going to sound kind of weird saying this, but the best way to protect Aaron Rodgers at this point is taking the ball out of his hands, uh, establish a great running game, a physical presence on the field, which has always been an important part of, of successful football. And honestly, just kind of relying on Rodgers to make the big plays when you need him to make the big plays. It, it, as long as you're not asking them to make 15 ridiculous throws a game like McCarthy was kind of doing at the end of his tenure, then I think you're going to be all right. And I think you might even be able to play out the rest of Rodgers' contract in Green Bay. I agree with you. And I think I keep on seeing the comparisons, whether they're contrived or not on my end. But you you have their Terrell Davis and Aaron Jones, maybe not to the caliber, but that similar player. You've got Devontae Adams as the Rod Smith. MVS, EQ, Funchess, Lazar can be the Ed McCaffrey. You can try and have Sternberger or DeGuaro be the Shannon Sharp. you got the, the powerful offensive line. It's got all the earmarks of that Shanahan teams that you had in Denver, a little bit in Washington, maybe even going back to the Raiders as well. But looking at this tree, surprisingly, the worst winning percentage is Kyle Shanahan. Of course, Shanahan had a pretty rough first year with the Niners, and they got better, obviously, last year, which we saw the results of that for many, many people with reasons that they drink. Uh, but it was <laughs> with... McVeigh, Shanahan, LaFleur, and Lynn. That's six playoff berths in ten seasons of coaching between the four of them. Arch Shell in seven years went to the th- playoffs three times. Kubiak went three in ten years, but again, he was dealing with, for the most part, an expansion team. Mm-hmm. The Shanahan tree has been, of the four we have, they have the best winning percentage by a, by a 20% edge. It's It's been pretty, or 2%, 2% edge, 0.02. But it's been a pretty significant edge, and it kind of shows that that type of balanced system can have good long-term effects for numerous franchises, whether it's the Rams, Niners, Packers, Chargers, or the Raiders and Broncos. It's been tried and true, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, if you get these types of offenses that that become one-dimensional or that are too dependent on one type of player, NFL defensive coordinators are far too smart to not hone in on those types of things. So you need to be able to win in multiple ways, and that's really where the Shanahan system strives offensively. It's, it's a very 
it, it, like you said, it's a very balanced system, and you, as I already stated, you don't need a, an elite quarterback to win in this system. Look at the look at the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo. They made it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they fell short. But what if you put Rodgers in that situation? The 49ers are probably unbeatable with, uh, with Rodgers on that Niners team with that with that offense and the way that Shanahan had it humming. An elite quarterback only elevates this type of offense, and an average quarterback can run it. So just kind of something to chew on as we move forward here over the next couple of years and what possibly they might ask Jordan Love to do when it's his time to take over and what he may have to do in terms of decision-making. It's going to be simple for him. That, that's the plan in this offense. And you've talked about it ad nauseum of a system like this will help prolong an older quarterback's career. Uh, it deflates the ball a little bit out of his hands, no pun intended, but we're going to get to Belichick later. But it, it helps protect your older quarterback so he doesn't have to take as many hits. We saw that with Shanahan with John Elway. Uh, we, we're, seeing, we're seeing that with Aaron Rodgers. We saw that with Phillip Rivers with the Chargers when they had Eckler and Gordon as a dual running team. So I think that's something like that will help. But on the other side, sure, or as Mike Shanahan has the best winning percentage of the coaching tree, Bill Belichick is the opposite. It is not good. Uh, and, and this could go into whether personality plays a part and coaching style plays a part in the trees, whereas Shanahan was a tough, no-nonsense type coach, but he was willing to talk to his guys, and Holmgren and Reed did that as well. Belichick not, is not a miser, but he's very, obviously, notoriously short with, with coaches, players, media. His tree has a winning percentage of 408. And that's, mm. and, and that's just with guys who coached under him, not including players like Mike Rabel and Cliff Kingsbury. Of the eight coaches I have that have under, under Belichick, only one of them has a winning record, and that's Bill O'Brien, who's got a 5.42. The next best is Nick Saban at 4.69. They have six playoff appearances in 28 seasons as coach. Four of those are O'Brien. But there's currently four Belichick guys in the NFL coaching. O'Brien, Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, and now Joe Judge with the Giants. When you look at a tree like Belichick, does coaching style and personality make a better tree? I mean, I, I think the obvious answer here is no. I mean, when you look at the guys that let's, – let's just take the Shanahan and the Belichick trees real quick and compare the two from a personality standpoint. I would say from the top of my head here, without going back and watching every single sideline little clip, Shanahan coaches are generally a bit more upbeat, energetic, ecstatic. You know, they're, they're, they're pumping energy into their team that way. Whereas you go back and you look at each of the the gentlemen that come out of the Belichick tree so far, I don't know how Judge's personality is, but Patricia and Flores, they're definitely more stern, no-crap kind of guys, and it really does show. Now, I don't know if that translates to the field. I think the biggest difference here, and the reason why Belichick has been so successful for so long, he has the instincts, he has the gut that you that is making him successful. You can't teach that to somebody else. Somebody can be under somebody for 15 years, i.e. Josh McDaniels, and he can learn under Bill Belichick. But you can't teach him the instincts he needs to make what the personnel decisions, which are nearly flawless a lot of times. With, with barren rosters, Belichick has put out winning team after winning team after winning team because he knows how to put guys in the right situations. He uses his instincts and his guts to do that. That's I ultimately think that's why these guys are struggling. Maybe Belichick isn't the best teacher. So he relies on himself internally to make these decisions, but he's not the best 
teacher to the to these gentlemen underneath them, Brian Flores, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. I, I would say Matt Patricia is the biggest case right now um, because we have the most to work off of with him. Bill O'Brien inherited a, a, a fantastic offense with DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Deshaun Watson. Uh, well, he didn't inherit Deshaun Watson, but the point is he, he inherited a lot of talent there. So with the Belichick coaches <laughs> coming out of the tree, it, I honestly believe that there's just a lack of instinct and they're not learning effectively under Belichick, and maybe that does parlay back to the personality. So sorry for the rant. So maybe it's a yes after the rant, but uh, maybe that's just, maybe these people – you know, buckle down and then really develop their own their own coaching styles. I know I'm with you because when you look at the Shannon system, obviously Kyle Shannon became a play caller at other spots. McVay was is a play caller. Lafleur is a play caller. Gary Kubiak's a good offensive guy. When you look at the Belichick guys, the other the other guys that are out there are Jim Schwartz, again mm. another personality, uh, whatever you want to describe it. Uh, <laughs> Josh, Josh McDaniels, Eric Mangini, Romeo Crennel, and Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. The, and Saban's the second most successful at a at, at again almost 470 winning percentage when he was his two years in Miami before he went back and said I'm going to go coach Alabama. It's it's one of those things where when you have such a tight curtain, it doesn't open up a chance for growth like you said or like you said. And in a roundabout way, you kind of saw that also with the Lombardi teams, where Vince was such a strict, great instinctual coach, but the guys there didn't become great coaches beyond that. Like, obviously, Phil Bankston didn't work with the older Packers. Bart Starr wasn't the greatest head coach. Forrest Gregg was all right. We saw that, and we I think we see a lot of similar things with, with the Bill Belichick, whereas someone like Shanahan, someone uh, going back to the Bill Walsh system even, where we're going to get to with Mike Holmgren, is is much the opposite, where it's a very inc- uh, inclusive teaching environment, and these guys are growing and becoming better coaches year by year where I think you go to New England, you are at your ceiling right away as a coach. Well, and, you know, to be fair to, to Bill Belichick, I, from what I can recall off the top of my head, not doing a ton of research on this topic, but he, he did put guys in positions to succeed. You know, he promotes from, from within. When he see, I mean, for Pete's sake, Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator. And obviously these, these NFL teams, the, the New York Giants, saw something in Joe Judge. Uh, personality-wise, I'm guessing, because you don't just become a head coach because your special teams coordinator and your special teams are successful. There has to be that that intangible X factor there. And so maybe Joe Judge has it. Maybe Joe Judge is the guy to really break this chain. I, I actually really believe in Brian Flores as well. I like what they're doing in Miami. Um, so maybe there was a change in the dynamic. I think Matt Patricia is basically a clone of Bill Belichick in terms of personality and just the way that he acts and his mannerisms. Maybe some of the odd behaviors aren't, but in in the way that they operate, I think that they're pretty much clones, and that's probably because he came up directly under him as a defensive coordinator. So these guys like Brian Flores and Joe Judge, I think the, the jury is definitely still out on them, but maybe they can break the chain because I, I do see some differences in the way that they've operated considering or in comparison to the ways that some of these other guys have. Absolutely, and I'm going to start petitioning to call Matt Patricia Beard Belichick. And just kind of go from there in Detroit because you're right. There's a lot of mannerisms there, and then you factor in players like Mike Vrabel played for how many years under Belichick, but he's now he's much more of that emotional, gregarious type coach who you will run through sure. a wall to get. But that's the Andy Reid influence there with him as well, and then Cliff Kingsbury, who is just kind of a hybrid of a little bit of everything. But with that being said, we got a couple more trees to get to, and they are interconnected. And we'll start with Mike Holmgren. Uh, again, Packer ties. Holmgren won a Super Bowl with the Packers, obviously. Twelve playoffs and 17 seasons for Holmgren. 
I have got eight coaches under him that have combined for a 523 winning percentage over 68 seasons coaching. 35 of those are Andy Reid and John Gruden. Uh, combined, <laughs> that's 31 playoff appearances, two Super Bowls, uh, and and also seven years with the Green Bay Packers as a head coach beyond Mike Holmgren. Uh, Ray Rhodes, obviously, a notorious one year in Green Bay. That did not work, but he was pretty successful in Philadelphia, but a 468 winning percentage with him. Steve Mariucci coached nine years with the Niners and Lions, 518, also four playoff appearances in those nine. John Gruden, five playoff appearances, a 510 winning percentage, a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, back with the Raiders, obviously now in Vegas. Dick Duran coached for nine years in the NFL as a head coach. Oof. Wow. There's with a name. <laughs> with the Bears in Buffalo and went 60 and 82. And then uh, Andy Reid, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, Mike Sherman was a homegrown guy. Marty Morningwig, if you remember him, who won all of five games in two years as a head coach. And Jim Zorn was connected to him through Seattle and ended up not doing successful. So really, it's a lot of on the backs of Andy Reid, John Gruden, Mariucci, and Mike Sherman are the, probably the most successful homegrown guys. But still, that's 31 playoff appearances in 68 seasons. Holmgren, another guy, big personality, but guys grew, and they, they grew from within. Obviously, look at, look at Mike, the growth of Mike Sherman from a position coach to a head coach, from Andy Reid from a position coach to now one of the longest tenure coaches in football. The Holmgren tree definitely encourages some growth, but it also encourages a lot of continuity in it. It, it definitely does, and then it's really crazy to think about that 90s Packers coaching staff. It's because it had... If, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it had almost all of those guys. I think there maybe was one or two names on that list that weren't Packers coaches at that time. But it's, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty exhaustive and crazy list when you really start going back and looking at it. And, and the success that these guys have had in the NFL all over the place, doing different things. Uh, Mike Sherman hasn't really been heard of in the NFL since, since he left Green Bay. Um, but he's done some things in the CFL, I believe. I believe he's had some success up there. And, and, you know, these guys these guys have been just successful. Doug Peterson, uh, you can he's probably Andy Reid more. But uh, by extension, he's going to come from this coaching tree. So, like, it, it, it just doesn't end. And it's a really interesting, probably, conversation where that Mike Holmgren tree ends, which is probably with all that coaches, and then it ends, starts again with Andy Reid. Like you said, they're intertwined. Um, but honestly, it's probably all Holmgren. Just kind of when you really start going down the family tree of coaches here, it's probably all Holmgren, and that's that's even crazier to think about that it all started in Green Bay. That's and and plus that even goes back to, to Bill Walsh as well. But you also factor in those Packers coaches. Mm-hmm. You had guys like Sherm Lewis and Fritz Shermer, who probably could have been head coaches at other places, mm-hmm. but they just didn't get that chance. And it, it's just it's incredible to see. And for the lack of success you had with Morin Wig and Zorn and and Rhodes. And, and Jerron, who did go to a playoff with the Bears, which is weird enough. But Reed and Gruden alone make this tree expansive and, and massive. Cause just because we, we who thought in 1999 when Philadelphia hired Andy Reed that he was going to become one of the winningest coaches in NFL history? He, he <laughs> The growth that he showed as a coach through his multi-year NFC championship game stretch to getting to Super Bowl with the Eagles – now a Super Bowl champion and walking meme with the Chiefs. It's yeah, it's it's kind of the opposite because Gruden started out so hot and then kind of faded, and now he's coming back again. Reed's just been getting better and better and better as a coach, and a lot of that you got to think learned from Mike Holmgren. You, you know, I'm kind of thinking about something. I'm just going to throw it on the wall and see if it sticks here. But maybe there are comparisons to draw from from Mike McCarthy's departure in Green Bay to Andy Reid's in Philadelphia. The, the, both are 
great coaches, prestigious winning, you know, mentalities. Uh, just they're just their time ran dry in their respective locations, and they just needed a fresh start. And you know what, McCarthy is going to have all the weapons to make that offense in Dallas explosive. As much as I hate seeing uh, McCarthy don the star, I'm excited to see that offense because I think it's going to be a lot of fun between my draft crush of the year, Michael Gallup, Ceedee Lamb, who I was a big guy, big fan of this year, and Amari Cooper, who who continues to uh, defy his doubters and and just keeps being a, a star receiver in this league with Ezekiel Elliott, the freshly signed uh, five-year deal with him. You know, the, it's going to be an explosive offense, and, and I'm really excited to see that. And maybe McCarthy can do some of the things in Dallas that Andy Reid has done in, in, in uh, Kansas City, and I think maybe Jerry Jones saw that and sees that because the, the, model, the model is there. Uh, the, the Cowboys appear to be abandoning the run as their primary means, and it looks to be complimentary, and um, I'm pretty excited for that, and I think it's just a turn of the tide in the NFL, and I think McCarthy, not to kind of stray from the conversation, but McCarthy could be really the forefront of the new NFL with Cliff Kingsbury, too, in that regard, because of the spread offenses. Absolutely, and even, like, talking about McCarthy, he's kind of a, an, he's a, another Kevin Bacon degree of separation away from these trees, because he, he, didn't, he didn't quite get the home grenade, but he was there with Ray Rhodes. In '99, right. so so he's a little one branch off of the home green tree, but he's kind of like that in between. But you're right; that's a very good point. There are some parallels. Even Belichick from Cleveland, New England, is is was a five year stretch where he was out of the NFL, out of the head coaching spot. Obviously, that's an exception, I think, because Belichick is terrifying, and he's also <laughs> arguably the greatest coach to ever don the headset. But the, the, these trees are amazing, and then kind of building off the home green tree. Let's take a look toward Andy Reid. Of course, Andy Reid, 15 playoff appearances in 21 years with two teams. Uh, just, you know, winning a Super Bowl. His coaches, his, his coaching tree spans 46 seasons in total, 5 10 winning percentage, 2 Super Bowls, 21 playoffs, and the headliner is John Harbaugh. People forget that he was their special teams coordinator with Philly, and then he goes to Baltimore in 12 years, has made the playoffs 8 times, won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and he has been the best Harbaugh out there so far. And then other guys, Ron Rivera, was, it was a Reed guy, Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott, Matt Nagy, and then there's the guys we forget about like Brad Childress and Leslie Frazier who were almost 10 years of Vikings, Spagnolo and Pat Shermer. Mm. But when you factor in Harbaugh, Rivera, Peterson, there's three Super Bowl appearances, two championships there. Sean McDermott's got Buffalo in a good spot. The jury's out on Matt Nagy yet, but how much of that is, is his quarterback play? But mm-hmm. this Andy Reid tree, much like the Holmgren tree, is built on growth as a coach. You're learning on the job. You're getting better and better. And I wonder if Matt would ever worked for Andy Reid, what his teams would look like. Because Andy, Andy Reid, I think I think right now, Alfred Belichick is the best coach in the NFL. Most certainly. And Andy Reid's second in the NFL right now. Um, but the the thing that I can't can, that I can't get out of my head right now is the – probably most common denominator between a lot of those coaches out of the Andy Reid and the Mike Holmgren and into the Shanahan uh, system is is the quarterback. A lot of those coaches had their hands on a quarterback position at one point in time. Either they were a quarterback or they were a quarterback's coach. And that's very interesting to me because 
when you look at the Belichick system, we're sitting here like, okay, well, they've struggled. The, the Belichick coaching tree is not that expansive uh, in terms of successful coaches. And a lot of those guys didn't coach quarterbacks, if at all. You know, Josh McDaniels was probably the only one, and he went to Denver and flamed out there, and he came back to New England, and it looks like he's kind of lava right now. Nobody wants to touch him. So it's really interesting when, when you really start to break it down. A lot of those guys had their hands on the quarterback at one point in time, and, and it's it, it's just really crazy to think about how, how influential that entire position is in everything that teams do. Um, when, when they build out their rosters and their coaching staffs, coaching staffs, excuse me. And I agree, and kind of looking at it, looking at all of these systems, except for the exception of the Belichick one, because you had Brady for all of those coaches were, were coaching with Tom Brady. But you <laughs> look at Harbaugh helped bring up Flacco, Andy Reid with Donovan McNabb, and now Patrick Mahomes, uh, Ron Rivera with Cam Newton, Peterson with Wentz, McDermott now with, with, with Allen, Nagy with, well, Trubisky, but that's... Mm-hmm. A different thing. I don't blame that on Nagy at all. No, I, I either. I don't. I don't really agree with. I, I think there's a little bit of truth to the Nagy hate, but for the most part, I think it's just Trubisky, and that's unfortunate. Yes, absolutely. But then, yeah, obviously Sean McVay with with golf, uh, Matt Lafleur, even going back to RG three when he was mm-hmm. the quarterbacks coach in Washington, and RG three and Kirk Cousins, and then the best years were Lafleur and Shanahan with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Uh, Anthony Lindsay, obviously, he, he hasn't had a chance to work with his young quarterback until now when he's got Justin Herbert. But uh, but then and now, but this also implies Matt Lafleur getting Jordan Love to build up his quarterback because that's such a good point that you made about these guys getting their quarterback and building them up compared to the Belichick system where you had either Drew Bledsoe or Tom Brady there the entire time. <laughs> But now these guys, all these guys are bringing up their young quarterbacks, whereas you see someone like Brad Childers, who failed as a head coach for the most part, had got an aging Brett Favre, and then had to try and figure out uh, Christian Ponder with Leslie Frazier there. So it, it seems like if you're coming in with a veteran quarterback, the chance of your tree uh, branching out too much seems to have a lesser chance when you, unless you come in there with a younger quarterback that you can build up in your own system, in your own style, building off of what you're trying to do. And I think that kind of implies a lot of what the Packers have done with, obviously, drafting Jordan Love and building that Shanahan-style offense that they're trying to. Oh, I completely agree. And I think, for the most part, when you look back at these systems, Anthony Lynn, I think, tried to make it work with Phillip Rivers. And I ultimately, I think they made the right decision by moving on from Phillip Rivers. I think maybe it was a year, uh, a year too late that they drafted a quarterback. But that's a different conversation for us to have. It, Aaron Rodgers is an exception to the rule. And he's going to play for the next two years, at least, for the Green Bay Packers. So that's going to give him three years under the floor. I'm very excited to see what they can do because, as, we, as we've now stated, these, quarter, or these, these coaches coming out of the, we'll call it the Shanahan and the Holmgren trees, just, just combined here, the parallels of the quarterback position, the influences that these coaches are having, I, was, I want to see what he can do with a guy as talented as, as Rodgers. And I feel like we were flashing back to a year ago saying, oh, these guys are, you know, they're, they're going to be great together. Well, this last year wasn't really that great. There were some bright spots. Do not get me wrong, but there was also a lot of bad. And you know what? That's expected with a first-year head coach. But to see what he can do with a guy as talented as you cannot deny that Jordan Love is talented. He just has some problems that you can correct in his decision-making the talent is all there as well. Rodgers is there as well. So there should be no excuse for the floor not to be able to develop these guys and really kind of keep the rain going in Green Bay. And, um, yeah, I, I digress. I keep going, keep going up. But ultimately, 
these guys come in with these quarterbacks, and that's just their legacy. And so I think it's something to consider moving forward as these branches continue to grow. Hopefully in Green Bay, people start plucking uh, LaFleur's coaching staff because that means he's doing something right. And so it sucks to to lose guys like that, but it's also a a pretty um, condemning fact fact that you lose guys because they're – because they're talented and because they're doing a good job. And so hopefully that's what we're going to see in, in Green Bay with the floor because that's what's been happening now for years with, the, with these two trees. So. Well, absolutely. And so as we wrap things up, I just kind of wanted to cover this topic. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for a couple weeks now, just how important coaching trees are and and, and learning from, from mentors. And, and obviously Roger will be, ment- will be working with Jordan Love, will be working with them. And obviously he worked under Shanahan, and just and the, and the cycle continues and goes back and back. And of course it all goes back to Paul Brown, George Hallis, and really Pop Warner. Yeah. But it's it's all it's all it's all interconnected, and it it really shows how important each role is: coach, player, GM, in some cases owner, groundskeeper. Like they're they're all connected. There there's something there that works for everybody, and everyone's got their role to play. And the better ones build people off them who become successful in other places, whether it is Andy Reid or Mike Holmgren or Shanahan or maybe in the future Mike McCarthy or, or things like that. They, they, it all it all definitely has a role to play. And, and covering these trees, I think, can maybe help people understand a little bit more of what the team is trying to do as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for, for myself, I work in a, a sports job. I work in sports and it's a very small world. The NFL is no different. It's these guys go and they make impressions at places and ultimately they're going to continue to do that and that's honestly what you want. And I keep, I continue to digress about this but it's it's really important fact to think about the the coaching staff in Green Bay I think is relatively young. If I remember correctly, there's there's not a lot of age to it. I think Mike Pettin might be the oldest on the, on the coaching staff. You can definitely correct me if I'm wrong there, but I don't remember anybody being older than Mike Pettin. Jerry so, Gray maybe now, yeah. Jerry yeah. So these guys, it's the NFL is getting younger. These guys are hiring the guys that they know can do the job. And so uh, ultimately it's, just, it's, it's fascinating to watch. <laughs> um, and so it, I think the biggest lesson from this is it's, it's a small world out there, and these guys are going to connect, like you said. So um, let's just continue to uh, – Keep an eye on the Shanahan coaching tree because I think, I think it's going to continue to grow. Well, I'm with you 100%, and you never know, it might be another little floor in the coaching ranks, in the head coaching ranks shortly as well. But that being said, we'll wrap things up here for this edition of the Packet Eight Podcast. Tyler, where can people find you? What are you doing? Uh, still currently, uh, as I have been the last couple of weeks, kind of taking a break from football stuff for the most part, uh, just doing this right now. But I'll, I'll be getting back into Dynasty Fantasy Football uh, writing. Um, rookie drafts are going on right now, so if you have any questions about that, please feel free to reach out on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez, T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. Um, I'm always open for questions about that. Um, not only Packers stuff, obviously, but uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football is my specialty. Fantasy Football, too, during in-season. I do write an article for waiver pickups and start sit, so uh, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. For sure. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Wendland, uh, W-E-N-D-L-E-N-D-T. It's all one word. Uh, currently trying to figure out where, where radio is going to be going for me in the future with everything shut down. But otherwise, uh, I'm going to be keep on writing stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be getting a personal blog going up shortly as well, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, I, I love interacting with people. So hit me up on Twitter, and I can, I, I'll, do, I'll go back and forth with you people on sports 
nonstop. And of course, follow us on at Packaday Podcast and wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe, give us a rating, leave comments, and just thank you everyone for supporting us for now almost two years. We're going to keep going every day until people tell us not to. So we're going to keep pushing and playing <laughs> along. And of course, every day stay tuned for more Packaday content. And of course, and as always, go Pack Go. class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.